find out if you're ready for love. Here's your marvelous host, Nikki Lee. Welcome to Ready for Love Radio. This is your host and love coach, Nikki Lee. And today we are going to have an adult conversation, folks. We're going to talk about the G-spot. We're going to talk about orgasm. And my guest has an interesting tagline you're going to like. He says he's changing the world one orgasm at a time. And we are going to share information with you about how you can do the very same thing. So I'd like to welcome my guest, Michael. It's awesome to have you with me. But let me tell the the listeners a little bit about you first. Um, His book is called The Holy G-Rail. Okay, and we'll explain that to you in a little bit. It is a self-help relationship, stamina, and confidence-building book promoting powerful orgasm. It is a quick, easy read and simple to accomplish. The G-Spot has never been approached in this way before by relating the male's genitalia to that of the female or through the sensation of touch. Now, you all know you're interested. So, so everybody sit back and get comfortable. And, Michael, it's awesome to have you with me today. Well, thank you so very, very much for having me on. I'm looking forward to it. Like I said, we're going we're gonna to share a lot of interesting information with them today, and I've got, I've got the book right here beside me. I reread it last night, so I wanted to make sure I had it fresh in my mind. I read it about four years ago when I first got it, but I had to reread it last night. Well, we're going to set the stage with a little tidbit from when you were younger. Not that either one of us are old by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> but when, when you were a young man, and you talk in the beginning of the book about some strategies, I think I'll call them, that you use to convince young women to keep their clothes off a little longer. So, and, and I, just, I just thought that would be an entertaining little story. You want to you wanna share a few of those with us? And yeah, you know, when you're young and, and, and when you're experiencing uh, sex, because that's all it is at that time, you think it's love. Um, for the first time, women are pretty shy, men are pretty shy. And after the deed is done, so to speak, everyone throws their clothes back on real quickly. And I found that if I held off my orgasm and, you know, held off my release for longer periods of time, it would force them to keep their clothes off. And I see women and, and or at that time girls, you know, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And, and I want to enjoy having that nakedness around me you know, even cuddling and, and, and enjoying that instead of getting all awkward, throwing your clothes back on, and, and now what? So I would tend to hold off or repeat, so to speak, without losing um, my members' uh, veracity, <laughs> yeah. to say it nicely, um, you know, and, and, and it seemed to work very well. You know, the the girls would keep their clothes off longer and, and then we'd be able to communicate on a different level and it was a beautiful thing. And the more I did it, the more I gained stamina myself and the more I was able to appreciate the beauty of um, the female form um, being naked around me. I'm an artist and I have been since I was wee little, so... Being able to appreciate every fold, every you know curve 
on the body for a longer period of time rather than, you know, with panties and a bra or jeans and a T-shirt back on right away made it so much nicer. I was reading that last night and I said, that's the way we got to start. <laughs> that's the way we got to start. <laughs> so that was the beginning of your journey in, in uh, learning more about the, the female body and and sex and all these interesting things. And you're right, at that point, it, it, everybody thinks it's love, but it's just not at that point. No, you're, you feel like you're in love, and, and that's the, the only reason, you know, you jump into the things you do, um, you know, because I started real young, real young. And, um, I mean, I think the first time I almost experienced sex, I was 12 or 13. Almost. And almost. And it was, uh, we were in California, uh, the big earthquake, it was, I think, 76 or 78. Um, it happened, and I had a friend who always, <laughs> you know, he'd pick these little behind retaining walls, and him and his girlfriend would always be doing it, and I'd walk up, and I'd see him humping her. And one day, he finally just, you know, asked me, hey, do you want to try it? It's like, sure, I'll try it. And uh, one thing led to another, uh, and I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know what an erection was, let alone how to use it. And we got into this little cardboard fort next to a dumpster, and a trimmer hit, caved it all in right before we really got down to it, and we all freaked out, ran, and my family moved the next day. So that, that's not the way to feel the earth move, huh? <laughs> nope. <laughs> and, I, you know, I don't think I thought about it for years after that. My it was just the people I, I – I tended to hang out with older older people. I felt more comfortable. Right. Totally understand that. Just something, something about people that are a little bit more mature, a little bit older, does make a big difference. Yeah, well, at those ages, I don't know how much more mature, but um, – well. It was, it was, you know, an experience, and to share your girlfriend with someone was really, uh, you know, at at those ages was different. But, you know, I was willing to uh, to give it a try, and that kind of got me centered on the whole um, erogenous zone for the rest of my life. Uh, like I said, I'm feeling the earth moves always, that's going to come to mind now. I can just see it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, gracious. See, you know, us, us people here on the East Coast just don't experience those kind of things the same way. <laughs> so, so, well, it's funny. So, when you're young, you just don't have much to do. Uh, you know, I, I can definitely relate to that in being in a small town much too well. Now, something, something that you do a lot throughout the book, and I really like this, is you put the words patience and communication in bold print. And many, many, many times on here I talk about the importance of communication in any relationship, you know, but especially in a, in a more intimate, loving relationship. And not just the words that you say to each other, but sometimes the words you don't say or the way uh, your body reacts to a person. And, you know, don't, don't just listen to the words that come out of their mouth. And I, I actually was just having this conversation about something else a little while ago. Um, but... Watch how they react to you, um, their facial expressions, this sort of thing. What What are your thoughts? Obviously, communication, you, you understand, is important. So you want to tell us just a little bit about how you think communication works into 
um, <clears throat> the rest of the things we're going to talk about today. Well, you know, you were talking about watching expressions and movements and, and, and that type of unspoken communication. Um, that's really important. When you're making love to your partner, whether it's a partner for the evening or for a lifetime, communication is so important because we tend to start thinking that we can read each other's minds after a long period of time of being with someone. If the relationship is started out, uh, okay, if there's some faking going on because you happen to meet the person at a club and, and you were too drunk to get off that night or, or release and you lead the gentleman you're with into believing that's all it took to go ahead and have an orgasm, then he's going to respond that way each time and you're going to respond that way each time. And no one's going to be really satisfied because there's no communication there. Sure. Um, so you, it, it's really important to talk about what you're actually feeling in all stages of, of, of your relationships. And, it, and really important to, as you were saying, look at the body language because sometimes the sensations we feel will change from day to day. You know, right. you ladies have uh, certain areas of, of the month where things get a little bit more tender, and we may be a little bit more excited and, and not so gentle with those areas. And if you don't let us know that, you're going to end up cringing a little bit and maybe pulling away and if we don't talk to you about why you pulled away, or if you don't tell us why you pulled away, we gentlemen, or you know, and it goes both ways, are going to think we're doing something wrong, and oh no, she doesn't love me as much, or she doesn't feel the same passion, when it could be as simple as you got sensitive breasts. True. You know, or uh, the night before. Uh, too much teeth were used, and it's sensitive on a guy. Sure. You know, I mean, it, it goes both ways. You know, it, our sensations change from day to day, and we can't just assume that our partner is feeling a certain way or projecting a certain emotion. We we also need to speak about it. So there's a combination of both, and and you can gently pull away from someone and move to a different position or, you know, and if, if, if you see in their eyes like they're going, oh, what did I do wrong? Then you kind of just say, hey, you know, I'm a little sore. You know, let's do it this way. Okay. Uh, it, it goes a lot longer that way. I, I mean, it, it, it tends to create strength and uh, a bond between you and your partner that you may not have had and that will get stronger and stronger as you continue the relationship. Well, it seems like, too, one, I mean, you, you don't want your, your partner to misinterpret something and, and think you're pulling away for bad reasons. You know, there can be, like you said, there's plenty of other reasons. But it seems like, too, if, if you can learn to talk honestly and in a positive way with each other about things that you'd like to do a little different or, you know, feel a little different or whatever then that can evolve over time where if, say, you want, there, there's new things you'd like to try. And, I mean, we, we always want to keep our relationships fresh with with person. 
you know, don't get into a rut and say, well, we're, we we have to do the same thing at the yeah. same place. Thursday nights at 7 exactly. o'clock. <laughs> exactly. You know, keep it interesting. You know, keep things interesting. And the thing is, the more open you can be with talking with each other when when there's something that you want different or you want lighter or heavier or what, however you want it. Then that's or something new you. that you want to try. It doesn't necessarily <laughs> mean you've someone else has put this image in your head for you. It just means that maybe it, you know you thought about it and or heard about it on a talk show or whatever, and you want to try it. And so there, there, there may be no nefarious, you know, intentions behind it. Right. And so we just got to be open to to experience that from our partners and listen, and it will give us so much more in return when we do that and we do it with kindness, compassion, and love. That's it. Well, and it's not, I don't like being with you. It's, I love being with you, and I'd like to try this too. You know, or, you know, it's to expand our horizon. So not not a bad thing. Like, no. But see it positively. <laughs> no. That's it. That's it. Always keep it on a positive note. That's it. Okay, so tell us, how did your journey to learning more in-depth about the G-spot and orgasm, how did that begin? Um, it was kind of an epiphany. Now, I'm sure I had experienced it before with other lovers, but that was when I was pretty young and um, uh, in my teens etc., early 20s, um, and I didn't necessarily talk about it, and they didn't necessarily talk about it. I just knew something else was going on, and, okay. and vice versa. Um, when I met my special lover, and I say that to keep her anonymity, we had some issues that we both needed to deal with from previous relationships, um, and to get through those issues and for me to be, allow her to release without her being part of it um, because of her preconditioning and because I had, you know, in the interim been with a, with a, a person that really didn't like certain aspects of sex or at the beginning of a relationship it was great, but when the drugs wore off it wasn't anymore. <laughs> Let's say it that way, <laughs> you know, and and um, you know they wanted to develop into more of a friendship, and the physical didn't mean so much, and and I'm just the physical kind of guy. I want both, um, and I think it's really important to to nurture those things. So when my special lover got and I got together, we. Uh, we talked about things. It took me quite a while to be able to initiate her release without her doing anything okay. to, to help herself because she was just conditioned to please her prior partner and then please herself. And when you do that for a number of years, that's what you're used to doing, and, and it's real hard to let someone else uh, break through those barriers. Right. So we did a lot of that, and, and, you know, I just studied her, and she 
let me know it wasn't my issue, and I knew it wasn't her issue, you know, so to speak. And and I studied her. She studied me, and and we we played. And one day, indirectly, after watching some videos and trying something different, um, I hit the spot, and we both knew it because um, her her voice, her breath, all of it was on a total different level. Something that I hadn't experienced ever with her, and vice versa. And uh, at that time, the next morning, I, I I lathered up in the shower and and I was trying to figure out what did I do. And I indirectly found a spot on myself that had the same texture and feel as it did on her. So I got back in bed with her, tried it again. It worked immediately. So I was on to something as far as the G-spot is mm-hmm. concerned. Now, the video helped a little bit. But, you know, we all have to remember that people in videos are professionals. You know, they do it all the time. And they don't explain what they're doing. They just do it. That's female orgasm, actually releasing fluid, that type of thing. And they're professionals. And, you know, the camera and editing and all that have a lot to play in it. And it makes it look so easy. So when I figured it out that easy, that simply, um, it was an epiphany, um, which really helped with all the studying I'd done and uh, and the previous relationships I had with with different women. And then uh, after a few control groups after that, to validate the information, I went ahead and wrote the book. Very good. So you're you're not one of these people that I'm going to have to argue with as to whether the G-spot exists. I'm thinking. No. And it's funny you would say that because when I first wrote it, I tried to peddle it, you know, here and there. I was going into many bookstores, small and big chains, and uh, there were a few women that just laughed at me and said it doesn't exist, you know, don't want to read it, don't care. And it's like, well, no one has taken the time to walk through it with you. That's you what do, what doesn't exist is your patience and commitment to having it done. Yes. And and that's what I realized. You know, I I, I came a, 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 across a few that were uh, just not, you know, didn't believe it, um, and weren't willing to give it a try. And you know, and that's too bad for them. Yes. And maybe <laughs> physiologically. Even if they did try, um, it wouldn't work. But if you don't, if you if you set up that mental block within yourself, saying something doesn't exist and it's not right. going to work, it will never work. Period. Well, and the thing is, you need to have your mind engaged, you know, and it needs to be engaged in a positive way. And if you're sitting there thinking or laying there thinking it's not there, it's not there, it doesn't exist, won't work, you know what? It won't. Exactly. It's like whatever you tell yourself, you're right, you know, in in some way. Exactly. Even on the simpler levels of I'm not in the mood tonight. Right. No matter what your partner does, you're not going to be in the mood. Now, granted, you know, he or she can attack you and, and hit those special areas that you can't say no to 
and that might put you in the mood. But if you're going into a day and you've been thinking about it for a few hours, and it's like, you know, I'm just really not in the mood. I just don't want to do this, you know, and you, because you know your partner has got something special um, uh, set up for you that evening, it's not. It's going to be really difficult to happen. Well, and that's that's why I tell people that that the brain is the most important sexual organ in the body. You've got to have it engaged. Yep, or disengaged. On you know, it's funny because talking with you, you're saying the same thing I'm saying on on a different level and almost an opposite level, but on a different level. And 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 I believe the brain has to be disengaged to a certain degree because if you're thinking about and, and but we're saying the same thing right. because if if you're thinking about the children and the phone rings or sure. you're thinking about the babysitter watching the children or you're thinking about what reports you have to have done for work the next day your brain is over engaged and it's going to make it very difficult to relax enough to really enjoy yourself Okay, how about engaged in what's going on between you and your partner? Yeah, that perfect. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now we're on the same page. Okay. <laughs> no, we're saying the same thing, totally and completely. We're, totally we're, and completely. Yeah. You know, when it comes to sex, you've got to be there. You do. Well, you have to be aware, and that, that comes with the whole, um, you know, be, being aware of what your partner is saying, what they're doing, how they're reacting. So it's... You, you've got to be in the moment. You've got to be aware, and you've got to be paying attention. Be involved. Totally. And and for the gentlemen out there, um, you got to shift your awareness if you want to sustain an erection a lot longer, if you want to be able to multiply um, release. A lot of gentlemen out there can't do it, and a lot of them um, are pretty fast when they do, and it's only because they start to fixate on what they're feeling mm-hmm. rather than the feelings and the touches they're giving their partner. So it's a much easier road to sustain, and I learned that very young. Um, you know, if I shifted the attention away from my member and what, was, what I was feeling down there, and gave it totally to the beauty and and this beautiful being in front of me and what I was doing to her and feeling uh, upon her skin and trying to make her feel um, that release would subside, but, you know, the erection would stay no problem because, you know, it's ready. And, you know, that's it, it's, a, it's a simple technique to sustain longer and if you sustain longer and focus on releasing your partner um, when it's a female a male female relationship if the male releases the your partner quicker then she's going to be more than happy to to take care of you there you go very true well and and through through some of the work i've done with several different clients uh, learned quite a bit about sensate focus, which is very cool. You know, in the not only focusing on, like you were saying, what you're feeling in in uh, the genital areas, but focus on all the other touches because there's a whole lot of places in the body that you can touch in various ways 
that feel really, really good to both of you. <laughs> so that oh, was yeah. kind, of, kind of the idea behind one of, actually my, my best-selling by far, out of 33 books, my best-selling book is uh, about kissing from head to toe. And that's, that's the idea. There's, there's spots all over the body that you can touch in various ways that are going to feel really, really good. You know, so don't, don't just think there's only one or two areas on the body. And one of my, my favorite uh, episodes of Friends, you know, everybody on the planet seeing Friends, and I think the name of the episode was Seven, and uh, Rachel and Monica are teaching Chandler, you know, the, the way, to, uh, way to a woman's heart, shall we say, you know, in all the different areas. And she's saying that there's seven primary areas that a woman likes to be touched. It was the cutest little episode. It really, I actually have a link to it at the beginning of the book. <laughs> you know? but, uh, but, yeah, enjoy all the other touches. There's lots of other touches that you can enjoy and feelings that you can enjoy. Exactly. And, and when you do that, there is no time involved. And, and uh, I mean, uh, the moment becomes timeless, and you really, really have a buildup between each other of energy that, that's tremendous. And, you know, for the Tantra people out there, whether you decide to go ahead and take it to a physical release or not, you can still have those same feelings either way. And those, you know, either way, you can build up and and feel a release, even if you're not physically releasing. Um, you know, it 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 is important. There's so many different areas of the body that that make you feel good and make make you tingle from head to toe. And it, it's it's not totally about the orgasm, but as far as the holy G rail goes, the, the book I wrote is. That's one chapter, and it's a small chapter, and you can get through it in probably about five minutes. But it's all the other chapters on on patience and self-love and communication and and all those things that that, that you're talking about. You know, learning to to experience each other's bodies and and talking with each other and and um, experiencing verbally emotionally, spiritually, all these things, you know, the G-spot's just the cherry on the top. So how, how do you think um, a man or a woman can encourage their partner to be more willing to explore their sexuality, whether it's uh, individually or as a couple? Because it's very, very rare that you have two people that are at the same level of understanding of their sexuality. So how can they kind of encourage their partner to... Uh, delve deeper into it and to learn more. The, well, I, I think that that goes with patience and understanding. Okay. You know, um, in order, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I mean, I ha- I've had a lot of long-term relationships in this lifetime. Uh, two really long-term relationships. I guess, you know, I kind of fell in love with everyone. I, Well, in a sense, <laughs> whatever that is. Um, with a lot of the, the ladies I had encounters with, but um, uh, our, the previous one that uh, created some bad habits or 
uh, numbed me to to sexuality in a, in a certain way. It was really tough to break through, and and that's where I learned a lot, you know, and 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 that's a lot of the things that are in the book. Uh, as far as patience and communication, uh, she had a, a, a physical illness of psoriasis, and that can take over your body, and it can be a very, um, very ugly, ugly uh, thing. And I would just ignore it, and caress, and kiss, and you know, release, and. Just, you know, just do anything. But it was very, very hard for her to get over her own mental issues on that. Mm-hmm. So to get, you know, people to a different level and your uh, your partner to a different level in, in, in your own relationship, you know, the only thing I can really say is you've got to continually be patient. You've got to continuously do it with love and intentions of love and respect respect is a huge one that way they can open up um if they're at that place in their life to new experiences if they're not at that place in their in their life you know you've you've really got it's a give and take you've got to really listen to where they're at and um see if you can work where you're at into their plans and then that way their plans can work into your plans. It's, but it's a very gentle thing, and you've really got to take a lot of patience and have a lot of stamina mentally and emotionally within yourself if, if your world's apart when it comes to sexuality and sensuality. Very true. I just Like I said, I know that's, that's an issue with a lot of couples. Because like I said, it's, it's hard to find somebody that's, at the same level, no matter what a person's level is, whether it's, you know, low sex drive, high sex drive, whatever, it's very hard to find somebody that's 100% compatible, and especially after, you know, the first few months. <laughs> you, know, so. well, you know, it shouldn't be that way. I, I don't feel it should be that way because, I mean, this long-term relationship I've been into, um, I listened to her fantasies, and they surprised me. And I have gotten to experience things with her that I never thought I would in this lifetime in a monogamous relationship, period. And well, and, and, I think go ahead. With, with fantasies and, and all that is open, honest communication and not being judgmental. Even if it floors you, don't be judgmental about it. You know, let the person feel that they can open up to you and say, "This is this is something I fantasize about. I may never do it, but this is something I do think about." And, and you know, there's, there's so many ways that you can work with. Um, well, it gives you a, a chance to to absorb the information and think about it, and mm-hmm. think if that's something that hey may work. It is. You know, or think about you know, it, it, it it's a great gift to give your your partner a fantasy. You know, sure. when when you've run out of things or when <laughs> hey if you forget an anniversary, you know what the <laughs> fantasies are, you can make that happen. 
There you go. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, maybe it's a little selfish at the beginning because you forgot it in the first place, but you can turn around and make it a benefit for you. And it's funny because a lot of the gentlemen out there are afraid of toys. Yes. You know, I'm all the man she needs, you know, she doesn't need any of that stuff. Why would you use that? Why would you do this? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it's like, look, guys, it makes it easier on you. Exactly. You know, I mean, because we are not, you may think, and and I say it in my book, there's no place for ego when it comes to lovemaking. You may think you're all that, and you may think that you are all your wife needs, but if you forbid her from pleasuring herself, if you forbid her from using toys because they threaten you because they're bigger than you are or whatever, you know, um, you're, you're, you're killing out a, a, a part of her desire. And the reality of it is, is um, there are so many different positions that you can get into when you're part of it and she can release herself while you're in her, while, you know, with with this external um, toy or apparatus, and it makes it easier on you, and it makes it more exciting for her. And, you know, I mean, you just have to have a set of rules, you know. It's like, okay, don't put that thing near me if that's <laughs> what you're afraid of. Yeah, you know, and that goes, you know, also with with um, expanding outside, you know, your relationship. If you know, there's a lot of people that, you know, swing and 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 accept other lovers into their lives, but none of that will work unless you communicate and set up boundaries, and right. you make sure that each of you understand the boundaries, and keep to them. That's it. It's that simple. And, and, and you know, I mean, it, it amazed me in, in my life, some of the, the fantasies, and you know, that she had, and, and I made it happen for her, and it was, you know, on, on the more feminine side, you know. Um, plus, when I wrote the book, we needed to do some control groups, and that included couples and single women, and uh, you know, just to validate. But we had a set of rules, and we had, uh, you know, boundaries and and this and that, and uh, you know, because that's the only way it works. Right. And 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 that goes from the simplest thing as toys, or even, you know, dressing apart and coming in and pretending to be someone else if that's what your partner, you know, fantasizes a little bit. Once you open up that door, you can you can do a lot of fun things as long as you stick to the rules. That's it. Well, and be honest about the rules. You know, be honest about the, the limitations and boundaries. And I, I, a couple of uh, articles that got really great feedback on that I wrote was, one was about um, a couple having a threesome and then the other article was about the the outside person coming in. And from both perspectives, you know, what to consider, what to, to talk about, what to be prepared for, 
you know, the jealousy needs to not enter into it, you know, but it was... It's a physical thing. If you have a third person yeah. coming in, it's just got to be about sex. That's it. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> you know, it's, you know, it's, it's a living toy. That's, that's it. And, you know, I mean, a lot of people have, have rules, you know, that, you know, if they allow that, whether it's one, only one sex or both, you know, it depends. You know, each person has their own thing, you know, but, you know, it's, it's, it's really important to know what that's about. Going in, you know, safety, number one, is the most. You've got to have the talk, you know, right. with that person, you know, because you don't want to uh, expose yourself to any unnecessary risks or diseases or, or any of that stuff. And you kind of got to find out if they're stable enough to deal with it themselves. True. On that, on that level, and they don't become psychotic and... and uh, you know uh, what are what are those movies out there? Where <laughs> I know the one you're talking about, you, the one with the rabbit. <laughs> yeah. Fatal attraction. Fatal attraction. Fatal attraction. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like you do it once, and then all of a sudden she's psycho and she wants it all the time. It's like, you know, the best thing is not to be buddies with the people you play with. You know, because then every time you go out with them it may lead to sex even if you don't want it. And, you know, everyone might be thinking the same thing. So it's a lot easier, you know, I have found um, to, to, to find people that aren't longtime friends. And we don't, you know, they're friends, yes. I mean, they're not just a piece of meat, but, but at the same token... You know, it's not like we go out and see movies and hang out. You know, it's it. You know, and and different relationships do it different ways. You know, again, it goes down to the rules because you ladies are you form an emotional bond. Not all of you, but some of you, um, before you have sex. We men, not all of us, but some of us can go ahead and have sex and then the emotional bond comes afterwards. So there's two different ways of looking at it and I'm not talking the whole male population, I'm not talking the whole female population, you know, everyone's different. But keeping those factors in mind, you know, it, 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 to bring a third woman in per se, you know, is difficult because it can be difficult because she may gain an attachment. Right. And uh, that's the last thing you want your partner to feel is an attachment from another woman just because you've had a play session. And then again, it's the, the, the depth of the play session. What is allowed? Is it strictly oral and, and fun? Or is there actual intercourse with both parties? You know, there's rules. Right. And that, uh, you've got to have your rules. That's it. You've got to have your rules. You've got to go by them. And if, if you're not willing, and you've got you to talk about that other rule, too. Let's say there's a couple, and um, women are allowed. But the man in the relationship refuses to have men in. Okay. There's no point of even allowing that woman in 
if his partner is thinking of men in the future. Right. There's no point in going there. You can think about it, and you, can, you know, but if her intention is to have both at some point in time and his isn't, it's a recipe for disaster. Very true. So you've got to talk about all those things before you even, you know, attempt that. You know, so toys, they're simple. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have emotions. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> A little off track, but, you know, kind of kind of not. You know, I mean, there was some, some uh, uh, we did have focus groups, et cetera, when I published a book because I didn't want to just, you know, have an epiphany that was, related to me and publish it and figure that was the golden bullet out there. Right. You've got to validate good. your information. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So ego. You mentioned ego. And, and I like the part where you were talking about it and saying, you know, it's, um, sometimes the ego can get involved because, say, the person... Um, want something different from what you're used to. They want, you know, and, and I think an important thing with this too is the same thing doesn't work on everybody, okay? It, it may to some degree, but there are going to be people who who like something different, who want something different, and not to take that personally, not to let that be a shot to your ego. Um, there's some people who have a very hard time um, having an orgasm, and I think one of the issues is the, the mentality that it, it's up to the man to give the woman an orgasm. That, oh. that, that drives me bonkers. <laughs> it, it's huge. You, you don't know how many interviews I've done and had uh, call-ins and had women and, and, and personal letters um, sent to me uh, of, of women in their 40s and 50s and 60s that have never had an orgasm and they blame it on their partners. Right. And it's like, how can you blame it on someone else if you haven't taken the time to experience it with yourself? Right. You know, I mean, self-love is, you know, and that's not just masturbation, but that's what we're talking about right now. I mean, if you've never experienced an orgasm, you need to... Light up some candles, drink a glass of wine, or do whatever you do to relax yourself. Put on some music that reminds you of when you were a teenager. Get in a hot bathtub and start exploring yourself. And you need to explore yourself until something happens so you know what you're feeling for. Then you can help your partner do that with you. And you're not blaming your partner for not getting there. How how can you? I mean, it it, it boggles my mind how someone can expect someone else to make them feel a certain way when they don't know what they're feeling for. Right, right. Very true. Well, and and it's like you looked at my notes. It really is. (laughs) I was. I actually have a note that says, you know, I like the way you define self love. And most people automatically just assume that that means masturbation. But the thing is, you, you gave it a much broader explanation. Um, do you want to kind of go into some 
some more, just a little bit more detail about what you mean when you say self-love? You need to experience yourself. You need to experience each and every inch of yourself physically and emotionally and spiritually. I mean, if you don't love yourself, if there's something missing within you, you need to find that and you need to approach it. And sure, you can go talk to a therapist. Sure, you can go talk to you know your friends and family or whatever. But the reality of it is it comes down to you. And whatever that is within you, whether it's, um, you know, previous experiences which have conditioned you in a certain way, you know, conditioned you to feel unloved or unlovable or conditioned you, you know, by getting hooked up with the wrong guy or girl who says you're just lousy in bed, you know, you're, you're tiny, you're small or whatever, You know, you can do this for anyone. You know, it's really important um, to to love the skin you're in. And, And that's on all aspects, especially when it comes to the more sensual realms. I mean, I've got a page, I believe, in Facebook, Love the Skin You're In. And... um, for your listeners, uh, if you go to holygwear.com, you can have links to all my social and private pages, um, which, you know, some of the questions may be answered for you there. And I'll, and, I'll, and I'll do the best. I have no problem answering questions. I get letters all the time. But it's, it's uh, to love yourself, you know, it may be your religion from a child that makes you unable to orgasm, unable to touch yourself. You know, it may be just your upbringing, even though you feel like you've breaking free from those chains and you've gone off and now you're a Buddhist or a a Hindu or or whatever, you know, you've broken, you know, I I don't want to pigeon-toe any religions, but um, there's a lot of hardcore religions out there that tell you, and, and even some of the Eastern religions, you know, that tell you to kill out desire. Well, you know, and unless it's with that one person and for procreation purposes, it's no good, you know, that stuff sticks with you and it resonates in your subconsciousness. And you got to let that stuff go, you know, God or the one source, whatever you want to call it, um, that beautiful thing that put us here is love. And if we love ourselves and we love our partners and we, if we experience ourselves with love, no, inten- you know, no other intention but pure love, nothing's going to happen but a sense of allowing yourself to release the chains that bond you. That's you know, true. and those chains are, are what you're brought up to believe in and what, you know, your friends tell you and what whatever. You know, you gotta you gotta experience it for yourself to find out if it's right or wrong. You can't take it on someone else's word 
that this and that's going to happen if you do this and that. You know, if you come from a place of love and respect, you can't do anything wrong. You may miss the mark, you may screw up, but that's how you learn. And if you don't allow yourself to learn, you can't allow yourself to love yourself. You know, I've, I've told parts of my story on here quite a few times, but that was that's why I got into and decided to, to complete the, the love coaching training, is I looked at the first couple of lessons, and, and I started realizing I felt better about myself. I didn't really understand why, and I, I hadn't really acknowledged before that, that that I had an issue with feeling good about myself. You know, I, I didn't, but I, I didn't really, wouldn't go there. You know, wouldn't wouldn't think about that. That was just the way it was supposed to be, evidently, from, from things I was told when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, once I started seeing a difference, I'm like, you know, I'm not the only person dealing with this in the world. And the thing is, uh, if, if I finish the training, I finish learning, I start writing about the things I'm learning, you know, share it through the radio show and all this sort of thing. I, I can help people that are dealing with the same thing. They may not understand it either. They may not realize it. They may just think, you know, this, this is how it has to be. There, there's some people that just think you have to be unhappy, you know, and they go around clinically depressed and they don't understand that it doesn't have to be that way. And they're and, waiting for someone else to make them happy. Yes, yes. And, and, and if you're not happy yourself, you're not going to find Mr. Wright or Mrs. Wright. That's right. Period. Very true. Well, one of my things, and it, it came to me when I was doing an interview with somebody, uh, actually on somebody else's radio show, my thing is if, if you don't love yourself unconditionally, and that's hard to do, I'm not saying it's simple, but if you don't love yourself unconditionally, you're being really hypocritical to expect another person to love you, you know, unconditionally. That's true. You know, you, you've got to do it first. And I, I actually have an entire 12-part program about that called Learn to Love, Accept, and Respect Yourself. And the thing is, it, it, it goes into uh, 10 or 11 of the, the most common ways we could come up with and, and things that hold people back from loving themselves and tackles each one of them, you know. So it, it is a very common problem, unfortunately. It, it, it is, and, and it's one of the most common problems I get written to me. You know, mm-hmm. why can't I experience an orgasm the way I used to? Um, why can't I experience one at all? Why is it he doesn't do this for me? Or why is it she doesn't do it this way for me? Or, or even worse, you know, I put myself out there and he hasn't called in months. What do you think I should do? (laughs) You know, it's the simple things of, 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 well, you put yourself out there and, you know, mouth work or, you know, someone saying something over the telephone or texting or whatever, you know, is not the same as actions. And if their actions do not um, equal what they're saying to you, it's time to move on. Yes. Or it's time to have a real good conversation with them and find out where they're really at. Yes. Well, and don't assume you know where they are and what they're thinking and what they want if you haven't had an open, honest conversation about it. Yeah. And I will, I will say open, honest conversations may not always get the answers you want, but at least you'll know the truth. Exactly. It's funny because someone, 
I read it somewhere, and I'm really terrible at memorizing who says what and where, but um, uh, I'm terrible about that. But I learned the principles, and you've got to be able to talk to people, and even even when it's like preparing for an event or doing something for an event, um, not really wanting to do that event, but not wanting to hurt the person's feelings, um, uh, whether it's, you know, you really don't want to go out with a certain couple because you don't like them, uh, and you're him and hawing around and finding every excuse to not go out um, that evening, and then, you know, you're leading the other people on, uh, but, but, and at the last minute, you cancel. You really need to, in a gentle and loving way, put it out there. Put what you're feeling out there. Number one, so the other people involved can move on or find a replacement. Right. Or, you know, that's, that's really important. And number two, so you're not sitting there making excuses for yourself on why you don't want to do this. I mean, it's it's really important to get into your own mind and into your own self, and that's back to the loving yourself, you know, and being honest with yourself about something. Sure. You know, it's like, oh, I really kind of wanted to do that, but I, I, you know, with them, but but I really don't because I'm afraid, and and frankly, I hate her husband, so <laughs> forget it. You know, I'm not going to be out there with them. You know, you, you gotta you gotta be honest with yourself. It's not being brutally honest with the other people, but it's giving them the, an opportunity to move on to something else or or fill that slot, so to speak. Sure. And and it takes the burden off of you, and it takes that self doubt with you that you have on yourself, and releases it. The more doubt you have within yourself the less productive you're going to be in, 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 in loving yourself or the relationships around you. You know, I, I have an aunt that just, she's not subtle or tactful in any way, what shape or form, but you, you always know where you stand with her and you always know how she feels about things. There's <laughs> just no room for doubt. Well, and, and, you know, it's tough to hear sometimes, but yeah. that is so much better yes. than someone leading you on exactly because it gives you no room to make other plans and it gives you no room or space um to figure things out and and you got to do it with yourself first and foremost and that's you know that's why a, a lot of these ladies and and gentlemen that you know have, have written me it's like get after experience yourself you know, physically, mentally, and emotionally. You know, if you focus on the on your body, whether you love your body or not, whether you think you have issues with your body or not, love it. Love it, feel it, experience it, and that will allow your mind to relax, and then you can get to the root of what's causing those issues. And, 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 and you're not lying to yourself anymore, and, and you can move on, and it gives you the space to move on and fill that slot, so to speak. It's true. Well, believe it or not, we're just about out of time. Um, do you want to give the listeners, and 
Um, if you send me a list of, I, I think I've got most of your your website stuff, but send me your list of, of Facebook uh, pages, and what I'll do is I'll share all those on on the promo page for the show. Okay. But what's and the main? The, the easiest way to to get a hold of all that information, we do have a a villa that we rent. Um, it's very romantic. It has a hot tub and a fire pit. And, you know, for couples, we'll do special rates if there's only two of them. You know, it's sleep six. But, um, you know, we'll do special rates. You just have to let us know that there's only two of them coming. And it's a real good place for them to relax and get away from things, get out of their head. Now, right now it's only, you know, in, in the foothills of Littleton, but it's real close to hiking, biking, and uh, the concert, the Red Rock concert arena. You know, it's 10 minutes from there. So, I mean, it's it's a good place for people if, if they have a group that they, you know, love to see to come out, have some time to, the, to themselves. And well, that's and Villa G. Denver. All right. And listeners, there will be an archive of the show that you can go back and listen to again or share with friends. It will be at www.lovecoachjourney.com slash holygrail. So, uh, Michael, it's been great. We've had a great conversation. I hope the, the listeners have enjoyed it and learned some new things. Well, thank you so, so very much for inviting me. And, and uh, you know, I, I think I've hit that at a, this at a whole different perspective this time. There it's you nice. go. And, and I actually did a, an interview, a written interview with Michael some years ago, and I will link to that on the promo page also so you can get some more information. So, listeners, I'll see you next time on Ready for Love Radio.